Well, for South Africa to get off the Financial Action Task Force's grey list, the country has to significantly ramp up its money laundering convictions, uh, one of the big issues that led to it being on the list in the first place. Well, partners at law firm Weber Wenzel presented this view on a podcast about South Africa's efforts over the past year to meet its goal and to delist by June of 2025. Uh, we're joined now by Kirsten Walmerans, who is a partner at the firm, uh, who said that one of the biggest issues which got the country into um, the sites of the task force in the first place was because our convictions in the money laundering space are not consistent with our risk profile. She joins me now uh, via Zoom. Uh, Kirsten, a very good morning and welcome to the show. Morning, Africa. Thank you for having me. Uh, now, you are a partner in dispute resolution, and I'm, 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 I'm happy for us to focus the conversation, I suppose, in that regard, as opposed to placing far too much focus on prosecutions, because that's really a question for the NPA uh, to answer. Um, but I suppose as a general introduction and a reference to what you contributed to that podcast, we will need to ramp up our convictions in order to show uh, to the Financial Action Task Force that we are serious about getting off the grey list. Absolutely. I think one of the shortfalls that we're still struggling with is to boost our prosecutions for money laundering and terrorism financing. Um, we've made great, great um, improvements in terms of enacting legislation and the FSCA is making good um, movement forward as well. But basically it comes down to the effectiveness of what we have and what tools we have at our disposal. And the MPA is... Um, you know, during state capture, it was really leached of resources and it takes time to build up these skills and resources. And, um, yeah, as you know, the wheels of justice turn slowly. Whenever one thinks of money laundering, I suppose, yes, of course, one thinks of, um, uh, you know, people sitting at the head of this criminal syndicates who are moving money from one aspect to uh, the next. Um, why? would a financial action task force worry itself with that business when quite frankly it's impacting the country right or does money laundering uh impact more widely than what we appreciate it well i mean money laundering is money that's that's basically moving out of our country that's that's flying below the radar and this will have an effect on our economy um it has far-ranging effects and i think one of the problems is that South Africa, we're in a very vulnerable geographical location. Um, we're basically a financial hub for sub-Saharan Africa. And um, the risk of foreign money laundering and terrorism financing is, is extreme. And if we, we lose the money out the country, I mean, it's, it's, it's money lost to improving our country. And it's also, you know, we create a breeding ground for, ground for crime, which creates a bad reputation. Because often that money, after leaving our... Problems is that South Africa, we're in a very vulnerable geographical location. Um, we're basically a financial hub for sub-Saharan Africa. And um, the risk of foreign money laundering and terrorism financing is, is extreme. And if we, we lose the money out the country, I mean, it's, it's, it's money lost to improving our country. And it's also, you know, we create a breeding ground for, ground for crime, which creates a bad reputation. Because often that money, after leaving our borders, will then be used uh, in crime in certain uh, instances, and of course the worst case scenario, uh, to feed terrorism. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in this global world that we live in, no one is their own little island anymore. We have to really work together with other countries, with law enforcement agencies around the world. And that is certainly one thing that we've done very well since 
being placed on the grey list is to build our international cooperation and learn from other countries. I mean, Mauritius is the obvious example, but we've also worked with authorities in the UK to strengthen our borders and, yeah, just our cooperation in general. Uh, if we accept that our money laundering conviction rates remain well below desired levels, do we have any idea what this desired level is? Well, I think if you just look at the numbers and, I mean, to put it frankly, we, we live in a country that's rife with opportunity to really get good convictions and prosecutions. And the numbers just simply don't don't add up. They don't tally. Um, I think, I mean, what's important to point out is that it does take time to get these convictions and these prosecutions, but fundamentally you need to show that there is movement going forward. And at the moment, when you look at recent examples, like the Michelle Coco case being um, kicked out of the court because of, you know, the MPA not being adequately prepared. I mean, those are really low hanging fruits that we can show that we are making progress. And um, we unfortunately, those create a bad um, indication of where we are at the moment. Uh, you noted during that podcast conversation that reform is needed, and I'd like you to expand a little bit on that um, because it's not just, I imagine, adequate resourcing of the NPA in order to tackle such uh, complicated cases. No, um, yeah, I mean, the NPA is just one one body. I mean, the NPA is reliant on the SAPS, this police force, and they are, you know, to investigate crimes, to hand them dockets, um, then the NPA is also reliant on our court system to be able to handle the mass um, amount of, you know, cases that go through it and handle it, uh, do it quickly and in a cost-effective manner. So it's it's a whole um, link in the chain. But um, the NPA is, um, there have been um, reforms. I mean, the the NPA bill is aiming to make the investigating directorate against corruption permanent, which is very significant because they're a very successful body. Um, they've also looked to introduce um, other non-trial um, ways of, of of getting convictions, basically, and it's a yeah. So there's they there they are looking at alternative methods, and they are making looking to see how they can make it work. Um, beyond that, I imagine there'll be some laws that need to be introduced or amended in order to make it what more efficient, more possible, more urgent for such crimes to be tackled. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think the laws are, are, are getting there, and they, they, they basically are there. It's, it's just the enforcement. So, I mean, getting off the grey list is a two-pronged approach. Do you have the, the policies and the legislation to protect, and are you then enforcing?